This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here to swing a long fly ball in the left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome in to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron, alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Claibs, we're back from San Diego and Major League Baseball's winter meetings. A month from today, winter warm-up kicks off just down the street. In a couple of months, spring training will be going in Jupiter, Florida, the offseason continues to move ahead, and it seems like things, as we expected, are really accelerating in some earnest coming out of the meetings uh, as we departed at the end of last week. I would agree with you, and it was a far cry from the last couple of years where things didn't percolate in the same manner. But now that we're off and running, Chris, I, I think there's still a couple of more moves to be made. Uh, players are signing. Uh, I don't think we'll see guys that will be waiting until mid-February before they have a job. And the good players are coming off the board. There are a lot of teams that think they can make postseason this year, and I think that's good for baseball. Yeah, certainly uh, I think from top to bottom, if you counted the teams that are at least trying to be competitive from a financial standpoint, in terms of their roster, in terms of, of their moves, you need to be encouraged. And it could be a good thing, especially with labor talks looming, don't you think? Oh, I agree. I think some players want to get some money in the bank in the event I think you'd be crazy to find a job action considering how the game is flourishing and how the players are making money. Uh, But you never know. You never know because neither side has really talked about what the sticking points would be. But I think players want to have a little bit more job security and try and get as much money in the bank if they can. I think some of them, then the other ones, just want to play. Got a lot to talk about coming out of baseball's winter meetings. We'll visit with some of the folks that we didn't have a chance to bring to you last week, including Harold Reynolds of the MLB Network, Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Scott Boris. What a week it was for Boris as he represents Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, a combined $814 million in salary. For those three players, we'll visit with Scott Boris. Also, Ryan Howard, of course, uh, Lafayette High School product, former Major League Baseball MVP, Rookie of the Year. Some incredible, incredible years. Always gave the Cardinals a tough time. Was part of that 2011 NLDS series. Uh, All of that and more coming up in just a bit. Last but not least, as we dive into what has happened for the Cardinals over the last week, Clibs, Mike Gersh, Cardinals GM, is going to join us in our next segment. The Cardinals announced yesterday that they agreed to a two-year contract with left-handed reliever Kwong Yun Kim out of Korea. 31-year-old who has put up some very impressive numbers in the KBO, has all sorts of accolades, will be a part of the Cardinals club. We know that for sure. 
We don't know the role yet. We'll get to that in a moment. But here is Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Moselock, yesterday at the introductory press conference. We had robust scouting reports on him. We had a lot of analytical support that backed up the success he was having over in the KBO. And we felt that when you looked at our needs, especially when you think about the left side of, of our pitching, it made a lot of sense to pursue this. And over the past couple weeks as we were exploring the trade market, the free agent market, it brought us back to, uh, to, to KK. And uh, we're really excited that we were able to get this done. He goes by KK, and he's a St. Louis Cardinal, a two-year deal. Derek Gould reporting yesterday, Klebs, uh $4 million for the contract. Uh, has a clause that he can't be sent down to the minors. Role, not certain yet. We'll talk about that from his perspective in a moment. Uh, I assume he'll compete for a spot in the rotation. Brings you versatility if he ends up in the bullpen. And, hey, the Cardinals have had success in that Asian market over the last couple of years, going back to Sean Wano and also Miles Michaelis. Well, throw in Sotoguchi as well. I mean, they've all had a real impact. Um, it will be interesting to see what he can do. I mean, obviously, we haven't seen him pitch. You know, we just have to go on the information we've been given. But I think if, if you have him in the rotation, it gives you an, a new weapon if he doesn't fit in the rotation, then you have questions to ask yourself and where do you put him in the bullpen? So I think this is going to be a very interesting spring training for him. And I think a lot of times when you have pitchers that come over, you can learn from them and they can learn from you. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold, but I don't think there'll be a wasted pitch for him in spring training. He threw 190 innings last year. He has quite the career. He's been a starter, uh, you know, 30 starts. He's used to that kind of workload. How valuable could he be? How valuable could John Gant, Daniel Ponce de Leon, someone like that be if any of those guys end up in the bullpen, especially uh, with the new rule being implemented, Claves, the three batter minimum, and knowing that you might have different workloads and different bullpen management from day to day? I think long arms are going to be essential. I think the era of the the specialist is over. Uh, you and, can't and the break glass in case of emergency yeah, guys you can't probably have that over. guy anymore. So you you have to have guys who can go long, who can go short, but more importantly, they have to be able to go. You know, I'm so excited to see how the Cardinals do use him, how he performs uh, in spring training. Plenty of time for that, but he's another piece in the puzzle, and I think especially. With this new rule, Klebs, not only is the Cardinals' bullpen and their staff a strength already, but I think you add to that that you almost double down when you have, in terms of last year, what I saw, one of the best tacticians in managing a bullpen in Mike Schilt and, and his staff. I thought Mike Schilt was terrific in how he handled the bullpen. Uh, I think that with the fact that you don't have, in my opinion, enough offense yet, you might find yourself winning a lot of games 2-1. to one. And that's what it may come down to. So you better have as many arms. And I think, Chris, we learned this year. We thought this team was pretty much loaded going into uh, the, the season. Coming we out always do the thing. We yeah. rattle off the 97 guys. Yeah, and compete. we always yeah. say, man, there's going to be a good guy in the minors this year. Well, I got news for you. Those guys had a chance to play, too, in the big league. So it, it's very important to, to know how much depth do you actually have compared to guys you hope can turn out to be good. Would the Cardinals have won the Central if they didn't have Daniel Ponce de Leon and no. Michael Waka cobbling no. together those fifth starts? No, it was important, and I, I think that that may be something we'll see more of. Uh, again, I think it's more important to be long 
than to be able to get out a left-handed hitter late in the ballgame. Well, the 31-year-old again has done just about everything in the KBO, and now he'll be a Cardinal for the next two seasons. Last year, 17-6, and a 2-5-1 ERA, over 30 starts, 180 strikeouts and 190 and a third innings. Another quality arm for Mike Schilt and his staff. We'll talk with Mike Gersh, Cardinals GM, coming up in our next segment about a little bit later, Klebs. But, you know, at some point, roster crunch happens. The Cardinals seem, at least from my vantage point, to have some guys with similar skill sets on the 40-man roster right now. And uh, a decision had to be made. So we'll wait to see how the dust settles and if Garcia is claimed and and what's next for him. But, you know, that's part of the business, part of adding. Sometimes you got to subtract. Yeah, I was a little surprised it was Garcia because we really didn't get a full look at him. Yeah, I guess the thing is, doesn't walk, strikes out a ton, hits for power. So you've got Tyler O'Neill in that role. Well, we could debate the merits of that. But you've also got Randy Rosarena and Lane Thomas, who made huge steps last year. Justin Williams, who was on the 40-man. Dylan Carlson, who will be very, very soon. So it's tough. We'll ask Mike Gersh about it, but, you know, sometimes Clave's just not enough room at the end. No, it's not. Hits for power, but uh, just didn't see enough of it consistently. So it probably makes more sense, and I think the tip-off was, Chris, he didn't get called up at the end of the year. And I think if the 26th man rule wasn't going to be implemented, Jose Martinez might be off the roster already. Yeah, and then you And then you wouldn't have to deal with that. So, again, Mike Gersh coming up. We'll talk all about that and more. We are just getting started on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ammer. And as I said, a month from today, winter warm-up kicks off. Downtown St. Louis, Saturday, January 18th through Monday, January 20th. Give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets available at cardinals.com slash WWU. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you. Ben Boyd, our executive producer. Mike Anderson here in our network studios. We're off and running. And the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals joins us next right here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby on the Cardinals Radio Network. It was great to spend lots of time with General Manager Mike Gersh, President of Baseball Operations John Mosellock and their staff in San Diego last week. And we check in again with the Cardinals GM as Mike Gersh joins us on the program. Gersh, what's going on? How are you, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Uh, did a little Christmas shopping, and you found yourself a Korean pitcher. Tell us a little bit about him, because uh, we've been told you, he was on your radar for some time now. Why did you guys push the button now? Kim, also known as KK, uh, he's been he, he's been a really successful pitcher uh, over in Korea, really from a young age. He, he pitched his uh, he pitched his amateur team to uh, national titles. He's pitched uh, his KBO team to to crowns in the KBO. He's pitched into the Olympics. He's been a very successful pitcher over there for a long time. He, he was posted once before, and the Padres uh, won the post, but ended up not signing him. So we we were doing our due diligence on him in that period when he was available, and um, and just he's 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 been really effective over there. He, he had Tommy John surgery a couple of years ago, and since he's been back, he's really improved his command and cut his strikeouts to a very low level, which. Uh, while his stuff keeps playing up, his slider's a strong pitch, and we're uh, we're excited about his future. And I know that you guys talked yesterday at the press conference, Gersh, about maybe not specifically his role right now. We've got a ways to go until we get to Jupiter. But what do you like about his versatility and whether he ends up in the rotation and in the bullpen, uh, the variety of roles he could provide, especially with uh, a new rule change coming down the pipe? 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us is that he had he threw 190 innings last year in 31 starts. So he was averaging over six innings an outing, and and it has been an established starting pitcher over in Korea for, you know, I mean, the, the better part of a decade now. That being said, he understood that he was coming to the to the U.S. to compete for a job, and that if he ends up in the bullpen because that's what makes sense, he's comfortable with that, and that that gives us the flexibility. To, to have effectively a sixth starter in our rotation as we head towards spring training and see sort of how things shake out. You know, if we're, we're hopeful and optimistic that Carlos will be ready to go and, and, and go back to being a starter and, and be, a, you know, an anchor up the top of the staff. We're optimistic that everyone's going to make it through spring training healthy, but that doesn't always happen. And so this way we have some protection in case we need it, but also have a guy who has a wipeout slider who I think would be a very effective left-hand reliever if that's, if that's where he ends up. With that said, two questions for you. One, uh, are you done as far as looking to bring in outside pitching until we get to spring training? And secondly, is there a pitcher in the majors that would mind you of Mr. Kim at this point so fans can have an idea of what to look for? Um, well, first, I mean, we're we're never done looking for opportunities to improve the team. Um, I, I think this obviously is a big piece for us in terms of the flexibility to go from the rotation to the bullpen, depending on how things play out. Uh, but we will keep looking. And, um, you know, if there's an opportunity to acquire someone who can, who can fill a role for us, we're, we're definitely, uh, definitely looking for that. Um, in terms of if there's a, someone that, that who's, who, who, who's similar to Kim, I, and, you know, no one really jumps to mind. I'm not, I'm not great at the uh, comps game. Um, but he's a he's a mid you know low to mid nineties fastball guy with a with a really good slider and he can he can back foot the slider to to righties and he can throw it you know throw it low and away to lefties he he can shape it a little bit he doesn't always throw the same type of slider he can take something take something off or, or add a little bit to it so um, I'm not sure there's any one guy who jumps out as a good comp but uh, but I think people would be uh, excited to see him pitch. Cardinals general manager Mike Gersh is with us on Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren as we talk about the newest addition for the St. Louis Cardinals. What about uh, Sion Wano and the way he was able to use his slider Gersh and the way you guys took advantage of uh, your scouting success in that market? Again, I know apples and oranges because a righty versus a lefty, the, their pedigrees may be a bit different in terms of uh, what O had done and what his role was before he came over here, but a relative unknown, at least for uh, you know fans around baseball, and a guy who jumped in and immediately had success and was a huge part of that bullpen for you. Yeah, I think the success we had with both O and Michaelis uh, coming coming over from Asia gives us confidence that the process we have in terms of uh, scouts scouts on the ground in Asia, uh, scouts watching video, using the track man data that we have, and and making sense of the performance data that these guys have put up over their careers. Um, that, that we, we have a pretty good handle on, on what, what that's going to look like and what, how that plays out. And I think it gives us confidence to go and you know, investigate anybody coming back from Asia, even though we haven't necessarily seen them pitch live a whole lot. We have a lot of ways to sort of do a deep dive on their repertoire, how they use their pitches, what their pitches look like, what our scouts think of them, and, and puts in a position to feel good about signings like this. Gersh, how have you seen that process change since you've been in the organization as you guys have had success over there, but as – all teams have more information. How much more competitive have you seen uh, that market become? And while you guys have success, certainly you're at some point bidding against other teams or competing against other teams for guys that are your targets. So as you have more success, everyone else you know, continues to strengthen their efforts over there as well. 
Yeah, I think one of the things that that has become much easier um, in the last you know five or six years is that both Korea and Japan getting video is is easier, and so having having more people see the player um, without having to fly halfway around the world uh, is helpful. And both both leagues have introduced more and more track man data, and so instead of just having velocity from one outing where, um, you know, one scout was holding one radar gun, you can have velocity readings from every outing or close to every outing he made, but also have uh, spin rates and movement and uh, heat maps of where he throws his pitches and command grades and from, from that, all of that data. And we don't quite have full coverage of every league and every, you know, every outing, but it's, it just keeps growing over time. There's more and more teams abroad are are investing in the track man and making making it possible for us to purchase that data. And it just gives us more confidence that on top of the eyes that have seen him, we have all these other ways to sort of cross-check ourselves and make sure that we, uh, we're comfortable with what we're seeing. Gersh, has, uh, KK has officially signed Adalis Garcia, designated for assignment. What went into that decision, considering some of the other outfielders you have in the organization on the 40-man right now. And how did the potential rule change, or I guess the change we'll see implemented, the 26th man, the position player, affect that, if at all? We had to clear a spot. We're at 40, and in order to sign KK, we had to clear a spot. Um, there were a few players we, you know, there's always a few players that you have sort of at the at, as the uh, the next up if you need a roster spot. Um, Adolis, has, he's a very talented young man. Um, I think Part of the issue for us is that we have so many right-handed hitting outfielders that we felt like we're a step or two ahead of him already on the 40-man that um, his path to a major league job with us was was somewhat blocked. Um, so he's been designated. Um, we will we'll, we'll sort of see what happens from here um, over the next you know few days and uh, and ultimately make a decision on whether we can uh, make a make a transaction with him to officially clear him off the 40-man uh, long term. But um, He's a, he's, a, he's a talented guy with, with big-time raw power, uh, a huge arm from the outfield. He just needs to uh, refine his uh, pitch recognition a little bit and, and manage strikes on a little bit better. And, and I think you know, we're hopeful that we can keep him in the organization because we still think there's upside. But just given the, 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 the depth of our right-handed hitting outfielders, it, it made sense for him to be the, uh, the one that we uh, DFA today. How would you describe the offensive market right now compared to last week when we visited in San Diego? You guys said at the beginning of the week, you know, you were engaged to some level and looking for a a left-handed bat, left-handed potentially outfield bat. Have you seen that market develop or evolve at all in the last week? Not too much has changed in that area. And, you know, as we talked about, a left-handed bat would be a nice addition given how right-handed we are on the outfield. Um, But ultimately, you've got to be better than the players that we have available to us. And, and not every one of our right-handed hitting outfielders has an extreme split. Some of them are, are less splitty than others. And so, uh, and most of the guys that we have are Azarena and Bader and O'Neill and, and, and Lane Thomas. It's a pretty good group of defensive players. So um, it's not just getting left-handed bat for, for left-handed bat sake, but it is something that we're sort of keeping an eye on. If there's a, a player who can fit a role, um, perhaps that's a spot where uh, that 26th, um, roster spot, uh, the 13th hitter allows you to carry a guy who might be more of a specialist pinch hitter type than, than you would in the past. Um, but there's, there's that market still sort of to, to be determined. 
Mike Gersh, Cardinals GM, we appreciate the time. I'm glad the sun was shining today uh, because it certainly would be tough to live up to the uh, setting we had chatting overlooking the uh, the bay last week at the winter meetings. But we appreciate all the time you guys gave us last week and uh, give us throughout the offseason. We'll talk soon. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, it was great to be in San Diego with the Cardinals at Major League Baseball's winter meetings. Again, a big, big thanks to Goodwill for helping us out, helping get us out there and sponsoring our coverage. Donate a car for four free Cardinals tickets. When we come back, speaking of the winter meetings, we'll head back to San Diego and visit with Harold Reynolds. How about some tickets? The Cardinal ticket packs, five, six, and 10 games are on sale now and feature the 2020 top games and top promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, the Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just 54 bucks. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. Let's give away a Sunday pack. Right now, a Sunday pack of tickets to caller 5314-531-1120. Chris Raby with you. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day. Mike Claiborne as well. Back in a moment on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin. Chris Raby along with Mike Claiborne, our second edition of the program, had a great time at Major League Baseball's winter meetings in San Diego last week. And, of course, one of the great parts of being out there is being able to bring you fantastic conversations with folks from around the baseball world. One of those conversations was with Harold Reynolds, of course, longtime big leaguer and now part of MLB Network. It seems like everybody knows who they are. Now they're trying to figure out how they can be that consistently. You're right. Teams know where they're at. I think we're probably, I would say about 20 of the 30 teams now are really competitive. Where you could even say a couple of years ago, there's 15. You could book it, you know, right walking out of the winter meetings, who's going to be in the postseason. Now that's starting to change. The Marlins are even getting active. They're starting to turn things around. In a couple of years, Derek's been there now. Uh, you start looking at the White Sox are coming back. Um, you know, so those teams, Seattle's starting to continue to trade guys. But those, those lower-tier teams are starting to come back, and, and so that's going to bring everybody up a little bit too. You know what I think is really interesting, the teams you just mentioned kept stockpiling assets and when they started moving players, and now some of these kids are developing where they say, you know what, we think we're pretty good. We think we can make a run at this. Is that where we're going to see from now on where teams will say, we're not going to tank, but we probably need to enhance our asset pool? Well, yeah, I don't know if that's going to always happen. I think we're still going to have teams that go through that cycle. I think we may be through the worst of it with Houston and teams like that that went lost 100 games two or three years in a row. Um, but I look at the prime example, what you're talking about is San Diego Padres. You know, they got all this young talent. Now, how do we infuse that talent with some veterans and be able to go at it? It's one of the great things that happened with the Washington Nationals winning the World Series. It brought value back to that veteran player. You know, we had this narrative in the game that when you're 31, 32, you have no value anymore. You're washed up. You know, with the analytics and everything else that came into the game, they figured they could figure that out. And the Washington Nationals had Howie Kendrick, 36. You know, you get Zimmerman, 35. You got all these guys coming in there major contributors so now you see all of a sudden how Kendrick had four or five teams on him this winter as a free agent and you got clubs coming after those guys so I think that's the biggest change because 
those are the players 30 on up that are going to infuse your team to really be that veteran guy off the bench. What's happened with a lot of clubs is they thought they could take that young rookie for $500,000, put him on the bench. Well, that, that didn't help. He, he's not ready. He's not prepared for that role. So you've got to have that veteran guy. That's where I think the game's going to get back to. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more because you see so many teams that want to bring a kid up and they want him to be a pinch hitter. They want him to do this. And then the next thing they say is, well, he needs to get more at bats. And then they send him out. Now the confidence issue comes into play. And then three years later, he's not even on your 40-man roster. And I'm glad to see teams that are willing to make that sacrifice, spend a little bit of money on a veteran, and you'd be amazed at the results. So with that said, where do you think we're going to go when they expand the roster by one? Uh, how do you think we're going to start to see pitching used more? Because, you know, we see guys now, hey, if they give you six innings, man, hey, that's hooray for us. Where do you think we're going to see pitching go next? Well, I think uh, with the 26-man, they're going to put a limit on who that player can be. Hopefully it's not a pitcher because we're seeing enough pitching already. You can't have a roster with 13, 14 pitchers on it and think we're going to play great baseball. So just because we added another roster spot, that's got to be a position player. Carry that third catcher. Carry that utility man. Carry that specialist that can steal the bag. Where's Herm Washington? You know, somebody like that. Bring bring somebody, Terrence, uh, I guess Terrence Gore would be that guy in this generation. You know, or Johnny Davis, the kid who came up with Tampa last year at the end of the year. You know, his story is amazing. I'm going to take a second just to tell you this, but he grew up in homeless shelters. He, was, he quit baseball at age 11. He got back into baseball because he took his younger brother to a tryout, and his younger brother ran a 6-3-60, and he said, well, Johnny's faster than me. And at the time, Johnny's 22 years old. Look up the story. Bob Nightingale did an amazing story in USA Today. You can Google it. Let me finish this point. So Johnny, he says, Johnny's faster than me. And so the scouts were like, well, Johnny, you want to run for us? So he stretched out in his jeans and all that, ran a 5.960. All right? He just got to the big leagues last year at 29 years old. So amazing story. But that athlete could possibly be that 26-man roster. You know, you use the word athlete, and you played the game, and I bet you played more than baseball when you were growing up. Are we at a point now where we have to pump the brakes and let these kids know you have to try other things as well because – if you let some of these people, they'll turn baseball into a 13-month-year season. I mean, it, it, it can really get out of hand. So are we at that point where we need to kind of refocus on making sure that these kids are more whole and maybe better athletes? Well, just from a health issue, yes, I agree with you. Just from a health issue, you can't work the same muscle every day. I mean, just the simplicity of it. When somebody is into weight training, you don't go to the gym and do curls every day. One day is curls, one day is you know, upper body, lower body, whatever. When we continue to have kids playing the same sport, we're working the same muscle every day. So you have to be able to have those kids play soccer, basketball, swimming, crew. I, I don't care. Those are some of the sports that my kids are in. you got to get out there and, and play all the different sports. And when you get older the specialization will come along. It's going to fall on you. I played three sports. I didn't know anybody who didn't when I was yeah, growing I up. Yeah. And eventually, you're going to fall into that sport you play. Give me one team you want to pay attention to other than the Cardinals this year because I, I look at Cincinnati as a team that you might want to start looking at with the additions that they made. But where, from where you sit and you watch all of them, what team do you like? Yeah, the NL Central, um, I'll stay there since this is the focus of our, of our uh, audience right now. Um, Cardinals, to me, are the team to beat in that division. Um, I still think the Cardinals aren't finished. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. 
But I agree, the Reds are a team on the move. You know, they're coming up, they got some young talent, they're spending money. Uh, the Moustakas deal kind of shows you that. You've been hearing rumblings over the last couple of years. Oh, they're in on Keiko, they're in on this and that. So the Reds are itching to do some things. I think they see an opening in the division. Uh, I think the Cubs have, are really tricky right now. I think they're at a crossroads right now. They are definitely in a crossroads. They're not the strength of where they used to be. And I think the Brewers are there as well. You know, the Brewers are not going to be that club. They let a lot of fringe guys that were guys that had big impact on their team. Moustakas is gone. Uh, Eric Thames is gone. You know, so you're seeing uh, they traded uh, the kid that came up at the end of the year uh, to San Diego. I can't think of it. The left-hand hitter who missed the uh, ground ball on the base hit oh, yeah. against the Nationals. You fans know it. Go ahead and tweet it in here and you let us know. But um, they traded him. You know, so those are pieces that, that start changing your roster, and the pitching is, is not there. So I think the Brewers are not going to be that team anymore. Um, Pittsburgh, they're going way down the road. So I, think I feel bad for a guy like Josh Bell because he's going to play around a lot of players that may not be as good as they need to be. And – who knows where he's going to be in three years. He may be on the market because that kid's got a lot of talent. Got a lot of talent. And the thing about it is that's why the Reds, believe it or not, you're ahead of the curve, man. You're right. That's the club that is dangerous. So we'll see. And you know, the other thing with the Reds, I know some people say four years for Moustakas, that's a lot. If the DH comes around and within those four years, there's your DH right there. Right. Well, and the other thing is he's a third baseman. But with the rules we're playing under right now with the shift, I think not only the DH, but I think we might see a shift rule come in where we regulate the shift. You regulate the shift, the game becomes more athletic. So right now, under what we're playing under, Moustakas is going to stand out there in deep right field, catch some grounders, and use his arm strength to throw somebody out. you basically got two third basemen playing with them. So right now he fits for them. It's not... I'm worried about a pivot. Is he going to go up the middle and make a sweet play? That, that, I don't think about that. We're not seeing Ozzy at second. Now, you know, them days, they're not worried about that. You're going to stand out in deep right field, hit me some homers, and that's what we're looking at. You're a good man, Harold Reynolds. It's always good to see you. Keep up the great work on TV. And uh, I always say when I see Harold Reynolds late in the year, that means we're having a good season. That's true. That's true. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, sir. Looking for the perfect gift for the Cardinals fan in your life? Surprise your loved ones with a Cardinals vacation to spring training. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. We'll talk about winter warm-up. It's right around the corner. And Michael Hall joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne with you. And always great to talk to Michael Hall, the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. Michael, a month from today, winter warm-up will get started downtown Saturday, January the 18th. I know you guys uh, have been hard at work, continue to work hard as we get closer, but does it seem like we're a month away from winter warm-up? That sounds great, but it also sounds a little scary. <laughs> you know, uh, it comes up on us quick, um, but we're really excited. Um, we've been putting in a, a lot of work to get it together. We're still 
getting some things done on the back end, but uh, we're really looking forward to it. Give us an idea of some of the people who have already committed and what fans who've never been to a winter warm-up can look forward to doing. We like to describe it as a fan fest. It's our version of a fan fest. And uh, it's a weekend all about baseball, really. It's all about the Cardinals. Um, There's baseball the entire weekend, not just for the winter warm-up. We have the caravan going on that weekend, winter warm-ups that weekend, the riders' dinners that weekend. So it's a a great time for Cardinals fans to come down and and really take in uh, everything Cardinals. We have pretty much every facet of the organization represented throughout the weekend. Players, alumni, minor leaguers, uh, front office executives, ownership, broadcasters. So it's an opportunity to be a part. Uh, There's autograph signings. There's memorabilia that you can bid on or purchase. Uh, There's a kid's room dedicated specific to kids with some of our partners that are specific to kids. So it's our version of the Fan Fest down at the Hyatt. You can go to cardinals.com slash WWU for your winter warm-up admission tickets, also autograph tickets, they're available. And as you just mentioned, it's so fun to uh, read the list of all the guys that'll be around that will be signing the autograph tickets that are up. You've got great former players, great current players. You have uh, Hall of Famers. You have prospects. Some of the guys are already sold out, so you do want to make sure that you get your autograph tickets quickly. But it's always amazing, Michael, to see the enthusiasm uh, of the guys, of the players, of the entire organization to get together, get to town, and make this an incredible weekend. The players are obviously the draw, and uh, their input and buy-in to this event is what's made it so successful over the years, and I feel that uh, we're very fortunate in the market that we have, not only for our players and our alumni, but for the fans that support it. And, you know, we like to call this the kickoff uh, to the baseball season for us. You know, it's it's a big event and as I mentioned earlier the entire organization is a part of it not only at the weekend participating but as part of helping us put the event on there's a lot that goes into it and you know as you mentioned and Mike asked earlier there are some players you know we have pretty much the entire current roster committed and uh, some of our minor leaguers as well we kick off on Saturday the 18th and you know we've got a lot of great names on Saturday Bader and DeYoung and Carlos Martinez and some of our our alums, Kerry Robinson signing that day, our president of baseball ops is signing that day, Jason Mott, and then uh, we move into to Sunday and we've got our prospects, Dylan Carlson signing, uh, Nolan Gorman signing that day, and then you know we have our, our manager, Mike Schilt will be signing, Tommy Edmonds signing that day, Flaherty, so there's a lot of big names on Sunday and others, um, just trying to hit some highlights, and then You know, we close out on Monday with some of our veterans. Wayne Wright signing on Monday, Colton, Yachty, Paul Goldschmidt, Carp, Dexter, Fowler. So we're really excited. It's a jam-packed weekend with input from a lot of our guys and and their help in helping us raise raise money for kids in the community has, has been vital over the years. Yeah, and with that being said, Michael, just give folks an idea when they go to cardinals.com slash WWU to get their admission tickets or autograph tickets when they're at the event next month. You know, it is that season, the season of giving. Uh, give folks an idea, not just over the last year, but some of the things your proud Cardinals care is able to do in the community and where this money is going to be going when folks uh, come down for a great weekend of baseball. This is a fundraiser for for the fans that that don't realize it. And what this does is help us not only kick off the baseball season uh, as as we move from warm-up into 
about a month later into spring training, um, it kicks us off for the foundation as to what we're able to do in the community throughout the year. You know, we really have three facets of our, our giving through our Redbird Rookies baseball program, our ball field program, which we just dedicated a ball field last year uh, in Matt Carpenter's name, and that was our 24th field. And then uh, we also give money to other nonprofits that support kids in the community. So those are our three main pillars, and, and we're proud of all of them. You know, the Redbird Rookies program is, is not necessarily a public program, but it's a, it's a program specific for Cardinals Care for over 2,500 kids. And as I mentioned, those 24 ball fields support that program and others uh, for kids to be able to get out and play ball. And, of course, you know, there's over 150 grants, depending on the year, that we give to other nonprofits that we're trying to help them do what they're doing in the community. So it's a big event. It really helps us out throughout the year. You know, we're excited to put it on. As you mentioned in the beginning, I said it, it sounds great, but it's a little scary because it comes so quickly. I can't believe it's already a month out. Michael Hall, a very busy man. He is the vice president of community relations and the executive director of Cardinals Care. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, man. Again, cardinals.com slash WWU. We'll see you soon, man. Can't wait for winter warm-up. Thanks so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs on sale now and feature 2020's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $54. Get yours at cardinals.com slash packs. Back in a moment, Hour 1 continues on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's a countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Hour number one coming to a close, the second edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amron. Welcome back to the Cardinals Radio Network alongside Mike Claiborne. I'm Chris Raby. Man, these Cardinal calendars are beautiful. They're here. So are the holidays. And it's time to pick up the hottest gift in Redbird Nation, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar featuring the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules, and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. And let's give one away right now. We'll give a calendar away to caller 5 at 314-531-1120. Coming up, we'll visit with Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Scott Boris, Ryan Howard, and more. That's next, Hour 2 of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. One on, nobody out. The 2-0 pitch. Here to swing a long fly ball into left field. This is going to leave the park. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren. That ball's hit deep to left. This one's going to be out of here. Get up, baby. Get up. And the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome into the second hour of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin, Chris Raby, and Mike Claiborne. With you, Ben Boyd is our executive producer, Mike Anderson, here in our network studios tonight. Of course, so much has happened over the last couple of weeks. Some marquee signings at Major League Baseball's winter meetings. The Cardinals adding some pitching depth by way of Korea, and we haven't even reached the end of the calendar year. To talk about what he's seen, what he expects, and much more, including the Baseball Writers' Dinner. Coming up next month, we welcome Ben Fredrickson. 
from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and stltoday.com. I have so much to talk to you about, but I'm going to start with the important stuff first. Let's talk about the Baseball Writers' Dinner because uh, it's one of, what, three left in the country? Two. Two left. Yes, one sir. here and one in New York. Yes, sir. And uh, it is a tradition in St. Louis, and it's amazing how – Excuse me, how hard you guys work to make this thing happen and the people who still want to come back and be part of it and the participation from the fans over the years has been great. The dinner is just around the corner, so tell me a little bit about this year's thing. Well, I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk a little bit about it, Claims. It's important to me. The first scholarship that I received, the internship at the Post-Dispatch, was from this dinner, and, and that's really what makes oh, it boy. unique. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, the the chapter exists, the dinner exists to fund fun scholarships for journalism students. Well, so, you were a good investment. I will well, say that. What you I tell people investment. is if you want to get rid of me, come to the dinner, buy a ticket. It's and in January. Get somebody else. And you might, you know, you, you might be helping out, uh, helping get, helping find the replacement. So uh, I, I find more people are interested in that than, than talking about my internship. But <laughs> no, I, uh, it's, it's a great, we're going to have, you know, Mike Schilt will be great. He'll be there. Um, you know, Paul Goldschmidt will have Colton Wong and his gold glove. We're going to be uh, giving out an award to, the MLS uh, leadership, Carolyn Kendall Betts, for for all she was able to accomplish. It's it's a great event every year, a great Christmas gift for uh, for the Cardinals fan in your life. Just go to St. Louis dot com. There's a link to tickets right there, and uh, it's for a good cause and it's a great time. And there's always a surprise person that shows up that's part of the dinner as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. There's always a good crowd. You know, there's always some good stories. Great sometimes, story. Sometimes, especially some, after the second round of cocktails. <laughs> sometimes the stories that maybe maybe people end up wake up the next day and wish they wouldn't have told, but those are my favorite kind of stories. So I, it, it's a good time. I can remember the Steve Klein year. <laughs> he still talk about that one. I think he's still talking. Yeah, he hadn't been back either. <laughs> hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, the winter meetings. Uh, an, an interesting approach this year because in the past we've had to sit around and watch grass grow yeah we had a good sense coming in right that it was going to move a little bit quicker with the with the pitching and it kind of seems like a throwback year some sorts of these pitchers making money what we know is this the superstars man they're going to get paid right the the Strasburgs and the Coles of the world there's money there it's the middle tier guys that uh, that are going to find the market not as accommodating there are some stars on the market and I think it'll continue to move quickly um, and it's nice. It's a refreshing change of pace to not have to sit around and twiddle our thumbs. The Cardinals, not as active, but we knew that coming in, what what their kind of plan was. I thought it was a little interesting to hear Mike Schilt talk about what he sees in the lineup. And he's a, he's an interesting spot. He's a manager of the year. He's got a little more, I think, uh, ability to throw his weight around some. He's earned that, right? And he's not uh, – I don't think he was prodding the front office, but he was putting it out there that he thinks this lineup could use a – you know, an answer, a hard answer for a guy like Marcelo Zuna if he doesn't come back. And he also made the case for Marcel to return, which no one in a Cardinals uniform has done since Marcel rejected the I QO. Like to see so that streak continue. I think uh, I think he's saying, look, we need some sort of answer offensively and as opposed right. to just hoping for the yeah. best. And they're always, and he did it the right way. He's not going to step on anybody's toes, but he's also saying, look, I've been here a little while now. I can, I can make my opinion known too. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I agree with you. And, and I think Mike's approach about the off season has been a good one as well. Uh, speaking of which, one other thing about the meetings that I, I like, and I had a chance to visit with Harold Reynolds about it. Maybe the veteran player, is going to be more prominent, especially with the way Howie Kendrick and what he did 
in postseason. And we look around, there have been some other guys who may have been long in the tooth in the eyes of the analytic department, but they can still play. They showed leadership, and they were professional. Maybe you're going to see a team take a flyer. And I think the, the Reds are a team like that with Moustakas mm-hmm. because, I mean, we all think Moustakas can play. Uh, four-year deal, and you say, man, that's a lot for this guy. But, man, what happens if the DH rolls around and now you got a real pro that can help you coming off, you know, as a DH? I, I think that that's an element where if you stay in shape and you're not going to break the bank, I think teams are going to kick the tires on you when if they're close to winning or they're trying to teach kids how to win. I think you're, I think you're right in terms of that extra piece, that guy who that experience is valued. I think the Nationals reminded some teams that some of these some of these quote unquote old guys they got some game left. I mean, Howie, look what he did. Look and, at and he was good all year. Yeah. I mean, they, they had uh, you know they kind of made a joke out of it. They embraced being the old guys and led by Max Scherzer. Now, are they going to get the biggest money? No, but uh, was a team that was quick to shrug those guys off last year. Maybe they maybe they add that piece. No one was doing backflips when the when the Nationals brought in Howie, but but look how it turned out. So. You know, baseball is, for as, as many smart people as there are in the game, it is kind of reactionary, and it is a trend-based business. So I do wonder if, if maybe that could become more popular. Um, the other thing, too, is I think players are being a little more realistic. I think mm-hmm. guys didn't like waiting around a bunch last year. so they're seeing I don't eight. think they had good seasons either. Right. If it, but if, it, if there's a guy who's, who's got a decent offer, I think he's less inclined to sit on it now. And he says, hey, if I'm happy there and I want to play there and the money seems right, about right, I'm going to go take it. I think that's been good is you've got teams that are more willing to act and also players that are more willing to say, hey, I don't know that I want to be shown at the spring training two weeks late. Um, it's also fair to point out some of the guys we're talking about, the Strasburgs, the Coles, it'll be Rendon in this. They have probably fewer question marks than some of the guys we saw last year. I mean, Bryce Harper is a fascinating player, but he's not a perfect player. He was in some ways polarizing his performance. So I think uh, I think that's factored into it a little bit here. And baseball writers, Dennis, tell us one more time where we can get information and how everybody can be part of one of the fun weekends in January. Yeah, just go to stlouisbbwaa.com, the easy link there that shows you the full rundown of the program and where you can buy tickets as well. Thanks, Claves, for, for giving me a chance to mention it. Always enjoy catching up with you. Cardinals 5, 6, and 10 game ticket packs are on sale now and feature 2020's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $54. Get yours at cardinals.com slash holiday. Quick break, and then we're back with Scott Boris, one of the biggest agents in all of sports. That's next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. With you for the second time this offseason alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. We head back to San Diego now and sit down with a man who was very busy last week, will be busy throughout the rest of the offseason into the regular season. He's always busy, and he is big league agent Scott Boris, who sat down with us at the Grand Hyatt just off the San Diego Bay as the week of baseball's winter meetings wrapped up. How would you describe the last couple of days for fans who are listening and want some insight into what this week is like? You kind of have a knot in your stomach because you're doing something for people that are really, really important to their lives, and uh, you don't really sleep well. Uh, you're doing a lot of meetings. You're making a lot of decisions uh, that involves, uh, you know, 
large sums of money and it's when you get the deals completed i i must tell you it's it it's a wonderful phone call to share with a player and his family and and everyone that what he had always hoped for uh in his major league career has has happened i want to thank you not only for joining us but spicing the winter meetings up because as i mentioned to you we've gone through a few snores with regards to (laughs) signings and trades and things of that nature you guys hit the ground running this year what do you think the biggest difference was? Uh, because the owners or the other teams wanted to hold back and not necessarily be as aggressive as uh, they used to be. And I, I don't know whether they wanted to send a message or what. And this year, things really kind of got back to the norm. Uh, what do you think the reason might be? Owners, when I meet with them, they talk to them about the information their staffs were giving them and the predictive models and analytics that were in use over the last you know, four, four or five years and the last two years. But what's happened is we've had a number of franchises lose 800,000 fans, Miami, Toronto. Uh, baseball's attendance has dropped. Their ratings in certain regions have dropped. And for the, many of those teams, they become non-competitive because the theory of these predictive models was that you actually want to not perform unless you can win a certain number of games. So you had almost up to 12, 13 teams that said, I am not going to utilize veteran free agents. I'm not going to be competitive. And I'm going to convince my fan base that this is something that is productive for the franchise. And what's happened is that now we've seen three, four years later that the drafts don't go so well. The team is losing consistently. The fans know when they go to the ballpark, the team doesn't have a chance to be in the playoffs. And owners have said, this system is not producing your models of who you think are going to be good. They've, it's no different than scouting. It might be 50-50. And so consequently, we're not analyzing psychology. We're not analyzing leadership. We're not including that into value. The discipline of a player, the veteranism of a player, we're not including that into value. We're going by these rote predictive models. And You're they, talking about intangibles. The, I'm talking about in, the, in their models, they don't include that. They just include spin rate, you know, tunneling, the, the, the true hard metrics. You know, not or, that this guy's been a part of a playoff team almost every year. Yeah, batted ball game. rates, things like that. <laughs> you know, Harry Kendrick. Harry Kendrick, who's not a client of mine, he shows up and he's a veteran and he gets a key hit in a key situation. Got a lot and, against the Cardinals. Yeah, all and, doubles to the and, gap, I think. Yeah. And and when you when you have that a player who just plays well uh, in a particular time under great pressure, it does not illustrate it because they're looking at mass analytics versus compartmental analytics. So in in the methodology and the more of the balance of the game, I can really see that owners are have said we're not going to be that guy anymore. We're going to we're going to use it as a tool, but it's not going to have the weight that it had before. And we're going to go back in traditional signing, and we want to show our fans because the fans do not see uh, what's on the piece of paper. They go out to the ballpark to see the ball players that they can relate to, understand, and watch them perform. And when they know that. Uh, their team's trying to win and doing things, then they know they go to the ballpark, there's a chance their club can win. And I think there are probably six or seven teams that are competing in the market that weren't competing last year. Scott Boris was with us, and you used the word analytics a couple of times. Um, People 
who who know your work or see your work and your success probably don't know that you were an analytic guy before with respect to research and information you kind of push that ball down the road where the other side of the fence had to kind of get more in tune, especially when it came to negotiating. Uh, how much has the business changed for you from that standpoint? Because you've been at it for a while, and you see it now, and now everybody else is trying to get on board and trying to find the same template that you've been able to establish. But how much has it actually changed? Well, we've been, you know, I have a staff of 130 people, and I have – MIT, Harvard, Yale, Stanford. I have got a, an amazing group of computer science engineers. I've got econometric people, and I've had them for years. We understand analytics, and we have utilized them. But the one thing we knew was that when you create the algorithms to evaluate players, if you do not include a subjective evaluation of that player's role in leadership, discipline, um, the scapes of whether or not he can hit um, in certain situations under pressure. None of these things are measured with the compartmental data that they're providing today. And when you delete that, you're deleting evaluation that really changes um, the gradient of maybe how it, the win factors of teams. And they talk about win factor, and we all understand it, but the truth of it is is that win factor is only based upon a very narrow set of, of circumstances and weights that are put in so you when you narrow them they become less accurate and consequently we also know that um, the psychology of a player to have a good season and then have another one and another one it is so important to have that discipline and the reason is, is that you can't let success in any way prevent you or misunderstand the fact that this, this game requires an amazing amount of discipline to be good over a period of years. And um, we've built a business, and I invest on trainers. We have Sports Finstons Institute. I don't. We spend millions of dollars where our trainers go and see our players, and we bring them. We want to make sure that they have our message to stay in shape, to do the things that they do in the offseason so that their opportunity to have a continued path of performance is higher, more probable. And that has to do with information about not letting success erode your potentials for future. And... I always tell the players that here's the models. You can have one good season, but how many have four good seasons in 10 years? Well, that doesn't sound like much. I said, you had, one, you had one of those, but look at these great players. Yeah. These great players are struggling. The greatest may have five or six, but in 10 years. And they'll be good or they'll be hurt one. But I want you to understand what the game does to you. I said, you are under assault in this game. And to really have a career of what you think is going to be a league best career, one that's going to gain you into the upper echelon of players, you have to understand that great players have difficult seasons. And how we best prevent that is carrying out this very disciplined approach throughout. Scott Boris is with us. Both Ted Simmons and Marvin Miller are headed to the Hall of Fame. As you think about Marvin, the impact that he had, Ted said in his speech, everything, uh, or in his press conference, I should say, everything good in my life 
is in some way directly or indirectly because of Marvin Miller and what he did for players, what he did for the game. When you reflect about that era and Marvin now who will be enshrined into Cooperstown, what do you think about and, and what do the players in today's game owe him? You know, the irony of this is that Ted Simmons in Big League Camp gave me my first pair of Cardinal shoes, cleats. Really? Walked right over to me. Hey, kid, what size shoes you wear? He gave me two pairs of cleats. That's right. You were in the organization. Simba. He might invoice you now. And and then when he was the general manager of the Pirates, he called me on the phone. He goes, okay. He goes, we're going to sign Jay Bell. He goes, remember, I gave you those pair of cleats. So send me over a fair <laughs> offer. Oh, he never forgot. <laughs> and did you reciprocate? <laughs> of course I did. We signed Jay Bell right up That's there. That's fantastic. Right? There you go. I've never heard that. Yeah. But Marvin, I, I don't. Marvin, I, I just, fortunately, before he passed, I spent two days with him in New York. And it was an amazing, amazing to hear, see his vision get executed. And, you know, there's there's been executives that have had amazing careers as general managers, managers and are very deserving of being in the Hall of Fame. But the truth of the matter is there's been Marvin's impact on the game is there's just few in this game that have had more of an overriding impact because his vision was amazing. And it was uh, the concept of all the rights that have come to the game that have allowed the game to grow and be more competitive and and all of the the narrow corridor of thinking that baseball had ownership had he broadened that to include free agency to include change in the game and the opportunity for change so fan interest grew because if they knew something was good or bad they knew it wasn't forever and every in the fans of our game is that they love the mystery they love the fact that annually things can re- be rearranged. And so there's always promise driven to every organization because there is a formulation for one year that did or didn't work, but it can always change to go to the next. The holidays are here. It's time to pick up the hottest gift in Redbird Nation, the official 2020 Cardinals calendar featuring the signature artwork of team photographers, the club's spring training and regular season schedules, and four pages of money-saving coupons. Pick up your copy at St. Louis area retailers or call 314-345-9000. We'll give one away right now. Caller 3 at 314-531-9000. 1120. We're back with Ryan Howard. That's next. The longtime big leaguer joins us on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amarin on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. We're back on this week's edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin. Happy holidays to you and your friends and family. Very excited about some holiday shows that we have coming up over the next couple of weeks. But for now, alongside Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. Let's head back to San Diego as we chat with the 2006 Major League Baseball MVP, the 2005 Rookie of the Year. Of course, part of some battles against the Cardinals. He went to Lafayette High School in St. Louis. Ryan Howard with us from baseball's winter meetings. Okay. Used to kill Cardinal oh, pitching. Man. Always loved to. Always, always loved coming back home, man. It was, uh, it's where everything began for me. So it just felt like I was picking up where I left off. Yeah, you sure did. I mean, all those opposite field home runs, man. I was, I, oh my goodness. But anyway, it's great to have you back in St. Louis. I know you just went into Hall of Fame recently. 
you mentioned that's where it all started. Who, who was an inspiration for you when you watch Cardinal players over the years? Um, you know, it was cool for me. I actually just ran into Vince Coleman over here. Yeah, so. we were over there talking. So, yeah, so, uh, so that's cool for me. And then, you know, having played against the Braves and seeing Terry Pendleton, um, Ozzie Smith. And then it was funny growing up as well because, uh, you know, I went to school with Milt Thompson's daughter. Mm -hmm. So she was a year behind me. And then fast forward all these years, we went to elementary school. Fast forward, and Mill Thompson's my hitting coach. So, uh, you know, so I grew up watching those guys, Ozzy, Willie McGee, Tommy Hurd, Jack Clark, Pedro Guerrero, all, all those guys, man. You know, it's funny. You, you, when I was standing there when Vince came up, and you called him Mr. Coleman. He, oh, when you man. walked away, he said, hey, he already called me Mr. Coleman. He was excited about hey, that. Hey, man, that's how I was brought up, man, and, when, and watching him. Uh, you know, it was always so cool watching those guys do what they did because it was you always wanted to be fast and steal bases like Vince Coleman and like do backflips like Ozzie Smith did and like Willie McGee. I felt like he'd be on you know he'd be at first base and be on third and three steps. Exactly. So um, it, it was always great being able to grow up and watch those guys and watching how they played and at the speed in which those guys play now you always hear the, the the stuff about how hot the turf gets and all that kind of stuff but those guys made that turf hot yeah, with with that. how they played you're here with scott's uh yes. lawn care and i know i was talking to jenny finch earlier you guys are involved in a really good program that's going to help some young people along the way yeah it's the uh the 2020 field refurbishment program which is going to provide fifty thousand dollar grants to uh four different um youth organization community uh fields for uh for refurbishment Talk a little bit about the other ventures you're involved in. We see you doing some broadcasting. Your your baseball knowledge certainly comes across the air on ESPN. How much fun are you having with that? Oh, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I went to school for communications, mass media. Um, so Little did you yeah, know you'd be able to drop yeah, it on somebody. So I was down there at Missouri State doing that. and uh, So, yeah, kind of getting to, to live that out and getting to see the, the other side. So, uh, you know, a lot of work, um, uh, but it, it, it's been fun. You know, when you talk about that and you go to school for it and then you actually have a chance to get on the other side, as you mentioned, what's the one thing you appreciate more about this side of the business compared to when you were playing? Um, I think it's the – you got to understand with anything that you're going to do, there's got to be that prep. There's got to be preparation. you got to understand situations and what's, what's taking place. So I think for me, the biggest thing was kind of understanding timing, especially like on television and, and, and having somebody in your ear and not having that throw you off at first. Uh, but I, I felt like that was kind of the biggest things for me was, was the timing and then understanding that, you know, it's not easy to ask – the obvious question right you but you've got to do it and um you know hey what happened on that ball even though you saw the game and you saw what happened but I got to get it in your words and you know that it's um it's it's not going to be fun for you to want to have to relive it but that's what happens when you sign a permission slip uh just always was very very positive if you had a tough game yeah your teammates are going to come pat you on the back hey man don't worry about it get them tomorrow but it was always something different when the manager would come up to you and pat you on the back and say, hey, don't worry about it. Give them tomorrow. You know, so you made sure that that next day you didn't make the same mistake twice and that you were, like I said, you were ready to run through a brick wall. Is that something that's missing in the game, the communication element? Because Charlie was old school, and I know a lot of teams and managers have that disconnect sometimes because maybe the, the channel isn't as wide as it needs to be. Yeah, I think there I think there is. Um and and it's 
just clearly being able to understand where where people are coming from or what it is that you want them to be able to do and i think there is that that communication that's being missed at at times and uh and i i mean it's it's very simple i mean you know you 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 communicate even if it's something to where you know the player or the and the team might not agree but at least you leave the the room on the same page and you under you have the same understanding of what the situation is as to leaving it open and and not really understanding what's going on what's next for ryan howard you almost had this broadcast thing locked up uh you're doing a great promotion for scott so what's next uh man just continue being dad uh my son's playing a little bit of uh, ball in juco down in alabama i got three beautiful girls um want to be around beautiful women right man five three and three months so changing diapers and and uh and chasing them down so yeah, man, just living and looking to be happy. Well, you know what? Normally when I would talk to you, it was a start again because you had three bombs and drove <laughs> in five. It's just good to see you not hurting the Cardinals anymore. Ryan Howard, man, it's great to see you. Yes, Best of luck to you, and hopefully we'll see you on the trail. All right. Thank you so much. Well, we talked with Michael Hall last hour, and we are thrilled that the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up is coming up a month from today it kicks off Saturday January 18th through Monday January 20th and you can give the gift of Cardinals baseball this holiday season with winter warm-up admission tickets and autograph tickets available at cardinals.com slash WWU we're back to talk about some excitement as Ballpark Village the next couple of phases continue to move along we'll tell you about one aspect of the new construction that a lot of people will be interested in especially with the new year around the corner that's next on Cardinals Countdown to opening day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Thanks for calling 1-800-GOT-JUNK. This is Sarah. How can I help? Can you help me get ready for a house full of guests? Sure, we can do that. You never realize how much junk you've accumulated until you start getting your house ready to host a party. We make junk disappear. All you have to do is point. That's what my friend told me. I love it. When you want to feel happiness, cleanliness, and joy, just call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. I love this job. SSM Health Cardinal Glennon's Tree of Hope campaign is a great time for you, your family, or your company to make a big impact on the St. Louis community. Hey, this is Bo Matthews, and your donation benefits the Children's Fund, allowing Cardinal Glennon to invest in new and enhanced programs like child life services, improving a child's social, emotional, and psychological well-being while in the hospital. Giving to Cardinal Glennon is easy at glennon.org slash tree of hope. Happy holidays, and thank you for your donation at glennon.org slash tree of hope. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone. Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals, but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to... Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day continues on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. We are presented by Amarant. Happy to be with you and happy that the holidays are here. 
Folks may be interested in one particular aspect of some of the new construction over at Ballpark Village. And Mike Claiborne, who do you have to fill us in on what's going on and how people can learn more? Jack Conrad, he is with One Life Fitness. And Jack, first of all, welcome. One Life Fitness is that huge structure at Ballpark Village. So tell me a little bit about One Life and what it's going to mean to St. Louis and the area. You know, we're super excited to be here, super excited to bring kind of health and fitness down to the downtown area like we we haven't had or haven't seen uh, so far. So um, we're just excited to get in, really mesh with the community, get to know everybody around and, and, you know, start improving lives. You probably have heard this as a lot of gyms around the country and a lot of gyms in St. Louis. What makes One Life different than some of the other gyms that people are already members at? It's really a big focus on value. In the gym industry, it's a, it's a big argument of price versus value, and we really try to break that mold. We offer some really high-end amenities, really high-end finishes, unlimited group exercise classes, and really just some top-of-the-line equipment for a very affordable price, and that's really how we kind of find our way in the market. You know, when you talk about a little bit for everyone, there's so many specialties now as far as equipment and just different things that people want to work on. Give me an idea of some of the equipment that you guys are going to have that maybe we haven't seen in St. Louis. We have a huge focus on functional fitness. Um, the, the gym industry is really shifting from um, just seeing how strong we can be to really being well. And what we mean by that is just functioning well every day, walking up the stairs comfortably, getting out of bed comfortably. And so we have a lot of focus on that. We obviously have the weights and everything um, that you expect out of a gym, but we have a big focus on functional space with, you know, over 2,500 square feet of turf where you can really just you find yourself. You can do just about anything 2,500 square that's feet. That's right. That's right. So you can really, uh, you can really just kind of use your imagination there. Now, you mentioned classes, and everybody's involved in classes, whether it's spinning or yoga or something that may even be more specialized. Tell me something about some of the classes that, again, we may not see here in St. Louis a great deal. Yeah, so for us, um, it's really just a, a, lo- a lot of them. <laughs> we have uh, three group studios, um, first of which is our mind and body studio, which really kind of gives you that boutique feel. Um, we're going to offer bar class in there and all kinds of different levels of yoga. Um, so all the way from the beginner to the people that have been doing it for years. Um, then we get into kind of our main studio where, you know, we have everything from hit training, which is that high intensity interval training, um, to strength training, to cardio. And then we have, you know, the fun classes like Zumba and, and things like that to kind of just get the people that maybe aren't interested in the gym in there and working out and sweating and, and all that. And then we also have our, our cycle studio as well, which is really cool because we it's very interactive. Our bikes actually change colors how hard you work, so it really is to <laughs> keep you accountable in the class. <laughs> oh, boy. That, that could be interesting for sure. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things about classes, some people are intimidated by them because if they join a class and maybe they're behind, they feel like, well, I can't keep up with this guy or this, this woman over here. Do you have different levels of classes where people can get engaged? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, everybody in the gym's at a different level in their fitness journey. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to get somewhere and and, you know that's the culture that we try to create as well within our clubs is um, really a culture of inclusivity and and things like that Um, but also like let's take for example our body pump class which is our one of our most popular formats Um, that class can you know go to every level because it's all based off of the weight that you're putting on your bar so if you're new um, you just you adjust and and also that's with the staff that we hire and the instructors we, we hire the best instructors so that they can cater to all levels of fitness and everybody's comfortable and everybody can get results. You know, when you talk about classes and some of the side things, 
normally a cost comes with it. So when you have a membership, how much more does it cost to be part of some of these classes? Well, that's what's great. Our, our classes are all included in the membership. Um, we're expecting to have you know somewhere around 70, maybe a little bit more classes per week. Um, and all of those are included. So take as many as you want or, or take as little as you want, and it's going to you know be the same price for you. Now, you know, a lot of people, especially when the month of January rolls around, they sign up for a class, they sign up for a gym, they're going to turn their lives <laughs> around. They go for about a month, and then after that, you don't see them until maybe right before the summer <laughs> rolls around. So how does that work as far as being able to utilize the membership and keep people motivated and wanting to come back? Yeah, that's our job, um, you know. Once we get you in the door, it's our job to keep you coming. And, and that really starts from the, from the beginning of the membership. Um, every membership starts with what we call a smart start, and it's actually two one-hour sessions. Um, in those sessions, what they're going to do is first go through your goals because we want to know why you're coming. We, that's going to keep you coming back. Um, we're going to plan those out both long-term and short-term because, you know, to say you want to lose 100 pounds, you know, that's tough. But to say I want to lose five pounds this week, that's more achievable. Jack Conroy is with us. Jack Conrad is with us, and we're talking a little bit about One Life Fitness. It's new in St. Louis. It's going to be at Ballpark Village. You won't be able to miss it, folks. I can promise you that. Uh, one of the things that people now deal with more are trainers, personal trainers and training sessions, because people walk in off the street and, you know, you look at a guy, he looks like a bag of flour, and you say to yourself, well, you know, what would you like to do? And they tell you what they want to do, but they need some uh, a little bit of a jump start. How mm -hmm. do training sessions work? Yeah, so once again, kind of continue with that the, those initial sessions. Um, we're going to really set you off so that you're, you're not spinning your tires coming in as well. Mm -hmm. um, after we kind of go through that goal setting, we're going to take you through a movement assessment just to make sure your body's functioning, you know, at peak performance, but also you're not vulnerable for injury. Um, we're going to get true baselines because everyone, you know, is, hates the scale because there's no meaning behind the number. Um, but we're really going to give you meaning by breaking that down into, you know, your fat, your water weight, and your muscle so that then we can gauge our success moving forward. Um, and then from there, that's when we really give you the building blocks to grow um, and, and we, you know, get a plan set up for you. Nutrition and included with that as well? Absolutely. Um, every member with us gets uh, online access to our meal planning software because that's where a lot of people lack. Um, and we want to give you all the tools that, to be successful that you would need. How many people are you going to have on staff there? Oh, man. Um, it really just depends. Um, I would say somewhere in the ballpark of around 50. Um, you know, but that's, you know, it just depends on how the... How you the want quality goes. over quantity, I would imagine, as far as people representing you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I've asked you all these great questions. I didn't ask you, how do you sign up? <laughs> that's the fun part. Yeah. Um, so first, I would recommend going to our, our website. Anything else we need to know? You know, we're just excited to be here and uh, we just want to meet as many people as possible. So reach out any way you can and we'd love okay. to talk. Sneak peek, Saturday, 12 to 3. And then more details will be forthcoming, but we're going to be somewhere sweating, hopefully, in January. That's right. Thanks right. so much. Jack Conrad is our guest. One Life Fitness. Check them out. OneLifeFitness.com. Thanks for having me. Looking for the perfect gift for the Cardinals fan in your life? Surprise your loved ones with the Cardinals vacation to spring training. Packages available to fit everyone's schedule and budget. Make your reservations at Cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Back in a moment, some more thoughts before we wrap up on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Wrapping up the second edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. 
for this offseason. Chris Raby, Mike Claiborne with you. Big thanks to all of our guests. We'll get to them in just a moment, but I want to tell you one more time about the Cardinals' 5, 6, and 10-game ticket packs. They're on sale now and feature 2020's top games and promotional dates. Choose from the opening day pack, the jersey pack, the bobblehead pack, the Sunday pack, the Friday pack, and more. Ticket packs start at just $54. Get yours at cardinals.com slash holiday. How about this? Let's give away another pair of Sunday pack tickets. Five games, a pair of tickets for those five games. Right now to caller 5 at 314-531-1120. Big thanks to Mike Gersh, Harold Reynolds, Michael Hall, Ben Fredrickson, Scott Boris, Ryan Howard, and Jack Conrad. Thanks to Ben Boyd from the Cardinals Radio Network, Mike Anderson, and Ann Carroll. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Chris Raby. This has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarant on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.